Hello, thank you all so much for joining me today for our conversation. I kind of want to just pick up where I left off last time. We talked about the danger of snoozing and we admonish one another. We need to stop snoozing because while we are snoozing, others are scheming and as a result, we are losing. Now, Paul tells us about that. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. And we talked about the first admonishment in that verse last week. When he said, let us keep awake. But then he says something else. That I think is equally as important. He said, and be sober. Sobriety. It's not just enough that we be woke. But we also must be sober. Because whenever you are not sober, you are intoxicated. Something is impairing your ability to think, your ability to act. And since you're under the intoxication of some substance, you can find yourself doing things that you would not have done had you been sober. I mean, I know good Christian audience that I'm talking to right now. So I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about your friend. You know that friend back in college that went to the party and, you know, had a little too much fun, had a little too many drinks, and now they need help getting home. And then they told you about last night, and they began to share with you what transpired and then you tell them about some things that they have left out and they say I did what? I can't believe I did that. You know that's what happens when you are drunk and you're not sober. You're acting ways that don't align with your ordinary behavior patterns. And this is what I think is transpiring in our country right now. We have a lot of people who are quote-unquote woke. They're woke, but they're not sober. They're woke, so they're marching in the street. They're making a lot of noise, but they are not sober. In fact, they are intoxicated with emotions, anger, rage, frustration, and hey, we understand why they feel the way they feel because hey, if you are an African-American in America and don't sympathize with their anger, then you might need to check your black card. Or if you are a person of goodwill who sympathize with the reality that African-Americans are experiencing due to systematic injustice, then you too understand why they're frustrated. And why they're angry. But just because I'm angry and frustrated does not give me the permission to do anything. The Bible says be angry but sin not. And if you become drunk with anger and frustration, then you end up doing things that are not productive. Like burning down your community. Have you ever noticed that whenever these riots break out, it's almost this idea that we will allow you 
to burn down this area, but we're going to protect this other area. And most of the time, the area that they are allowing you to burn down has your neighbor's business in it, has that family business that's dated back four generations, that has created economic ingenuity and economic possibilities within your community. And they'll sit back and let you burn down your economic institutions, burn down the core businesses in your community while they protect their interests. But you are woke. You're woke, but you're not sober. You're woke, but you're not doing things that are helping the cause. You're woke, but you're doing things that hurt you more than hurt anyone else. And sometimes another thing you have to recognize is a lot of these woke people are coming into your community and burning it down only to leave and go back to their community where their mom and pop stores are still functioning and opening. And some of these black owned businesses never rebound from this rioting experience. Don't get me wrong, friend. I am not condemning those who are standing up against injustice. I understand why you're doing it. I support you in doing it. But I'm also saying you can't just be woke. You have to be sober. Peter tells us about this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Hear what the apostle Peter says. He says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If anyone knows anything about being intoxicated with emotion, it's Peter. He's one of my favorite disciples. I mean, Peter is that disciple that lets you know, I can still love Jesus and have a little edge to me too. Like He's that disciple that can let you know that, hey, I can love Jesus and be a Christian without being a doormat. I mean, Peter knows what it's like to get caught up in his emotions. You remember when um, they came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? And when they came, Peter took off his sword and cut a man's ear. And Jesus has to tell Peter, chill out, Peter. You're not being sober right now. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Then he heals the ear that Peter has just lacerated. Peter knows what it's like to not be sober. He even denies Jesus three times out of his fears. And so when he writes to us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, he's speaking from experience. He said, I've learned this, that you need to prepare your mind for action and be sober-minded. He says, I know what it's like to be drunk on emotion. And I know how being drunk on emotion can cause you to do something that is counterproductive. Therefore, he's telling us, learn from his example that you can get more done by preparing your mind for action 
and being sober. I love that Peter writes this to us as he did those first century Christians who were going through being ostracized and being oppressed and being marginalized by society. He writes to these people who are experiencing this marginalization and injustice and says, prepare your minds for action and be sober minded. We also see this in the history of the African-American community, particularly around civil rights and voting rights. Dr. Martin Luther King, SNCC, SCLC, all of these organizations were woke, but they were sober. No one would accuse John Lewis, Martin King, even if I come locally into Selma, Amelia Boynton Robinson, L.L. Anderson, Frederick Reese, Marie Foster, J.D. Hunter. No one would accuse these people of not being woke. But here's what we have to remember. They were woke and they were sober. They were sober because they recognized that sober minds can bring about social change. It's not just those who are upset. It's not just those who are emotional. It's not just about passion. It's about having the emotion and the passion under control because only sober minds can bring about social change. Because a sober mind fights systems, not individuals. Because they recognize that what we are fighting against is much more than flesh and blood. A sober mind seeks to have reform, not just a photo op but seeks to have some systematic reforms. A sober mind seeks reconciliation when it is possible, but refuses to succumb to the behaviors of those who seem to be irreconcilable. Sober minds. I like what Peter says. Prepare your mind for action. If you're listening to me right now, here it is, bottom line, get your mind right. If you want to make a social change, if you're tired of things going wrong in your community, in your city, in your state, and in this country, and even around this globe, the Bible tells us we got to get our minds right. It says that we ought to prepare our minds for action and be sober-minded. We have to prepare our minds to do something. It's not just about moving our hearts because you can have the cardiovascular but if you don't have the cranial you're in trouble old people said this way empty heads just make a lot of noise or empty wagons make a lot of noise which was a metaphor for empty head so here's what a sober mind would do and i take these from king and non-violence principles and steps for social change these are not my ideas but i want to present them to you so that you recognize we need to look at these things as we begin to address the things that we are facing today. Sober minds gather information. It is so important that you don't just have your emotions. And you're just not speaking from what you feel. But you are speaking facts. And you have the support of facts to support why you feel the way you feel. Gather information. What's going on? Sober minds 
gather information. Sober minds educate like-minded persons. So after I've gathered my information, it is my job to pass on that information and educate my brother and sister so that they are not ignorant, so that they are not blinded. So I gather information and a sober mind educates like-minded persons. But then a sober mind will enter into discussions and negotiations with the systems that need to be changed. Now this means that I have my information. It means that I have people with me because I have educated people so that I'm not out there by myself. I have other people with like-minded passions but also have enlightened minds as well supporting me in this effort. So that when I sit down to discuss, I'm not just one individual, but I have a community of enlightened individuals behind me. I'm able to negotiate with a point person. I'm able to negotiate for the good of my community and not just the good of myself individually. I have demands based on the information that I have gathered about what needs to be done in order to bring about social change. Sober minds not only gather information and educate like-minded individuals and discuss and negotiate, but then sober minds prepare for direct action. And here's the beautiful thing that we learn from the nonviolence movements of the 60s, and I say even the 50s. Direct action is not to produce paparazzi. It is not to produce headlines. Direct action is to produce creative tension. Direct action is not just to get the attention of the news media and the newspaper, but direct action produces tension that brings the other side back to the table because they recognize that they have a vested interest in bringing about this change. Because if things don't change, then things are changing for them negatively as well. Direct action that produces creative tension. Direct action that does not burn down buildings, but produces leverage so that we can build better buildings. Direct actions that does not just rise in our street, but produces better protection and policing on our streets. Direct action that does not just mean that we are walking and marching in the street, but we are getting infrastructure in our communities that will help to create economic possibilities. Because if we produce economic possibilities, then it will reduce poverty. And whenever you reduce poverty, you reduce crime. Direct action that produces creative tension. This is possible only when we are sober-minded. And the last thing is, Peter says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, this is not me advocating for a Christianity that is so heavenly minded that it's no earthly good. But it's also me reminding myself and you that ultimately, after we win one battle, there will be another battle that needs to be fought because we live in a fallen world.
This is one of the issues that we had to learn after the 60s, after the Civil Rights Movement, after the Civil Rights Act, and after the Voting Rights Movement and the Voting Rights Act. We had to, we forgot, many of us, that winning that battle is not the end of the war when you're dealing with deep-rooted systemic injustice and a fallen world tainted by sin. There's going to be another battle that needs to be fought. And so, ultimately, Peter says, set your mind fully on the hope that will be revealed at the coming of Jesus Christ. That is our greatest hope. Our greatest hope does not lie just in reforms in America or reforms in our community, but our greatest hope lies in the fact that Christ returns to earth and he ultimately separates the right from the wrong and he ends injustice. And in ending injustice, he brings justice for those who upheld the injustice against people who were made in his image. That's ultimately our hope. It's Christ returns. Here's why that is our hope. It's because God is on the side of justice. God is on the side of right. And if we are right, he will fight our battles. And as that hymn, Beings of Heaven, say, we will make it home someday. Be woke, but be sober. Thanks for listening.